Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Fifty years ago today, on August 28, 1963, thousands marched on Washington in support of civil rights. The assembled crowd of more than 250,000 heard Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. deliver his now famous I Have a Dream speech from the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. And today on Access Utah, on the 50th anniversary, as I mentioned, of the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom is what it was called. We'll ask, has that dream articulated by Dr. King been realized? What progress has been made? What remains to be done? What is your dream? Now are we progressing toward that? And what does this anniversary mean to you? We'll also likely be talking about some recent Supreme Court rulings on affirmative action and voting rights. So we bring this discussion up to today. Our guests in this hour will include the Reverend Franz Davis from Calvary Baptist Church later in the hour. We'll also be talking with members of the USU Black Student Union. We bring in now, uh, I believe uh, soon anyway, Janetta Williams, president of the Salt Lake branch of the NAACP. And we have with us in studio Marvin Roberts, USU Assistant Vice President for Student Engagement and Diversity. And uh, Marvin Roberts, welcome to the program. It's a pleasure to be here, Tom. Uh, so there is a commemoration. There are commemorations all over, including Washington. UPR will be taking you following this program to uh, wall-to-wall coverage from Washington, from National Public Radio. We'll hear speeches by President Barack Obama. Uh, he'll be uh, standing on the Lincoln Memorial uh, steps, just where Dr. King was, was standing, and uh, from former Presidents Carter and Clinton and uh, John Lewis, uh, civil rights uh, pioneer and uh, current congressman. Uh, and uh, I understand here at Utah State University there's a commemoration service. This is at uh, 3 o'clock. Is it 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Taggart Student Center Auditorium. Yes, in the auditorium at 3 o'clock. Uh-huh. And you're going to be showing the speech. Yes, we, we have the uh, speech to be shown to the students, and then uh, we have a couple of speakers, uh, and I will be speaking uh, for a few minutes after the speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, what sorts of themes will you treat? Well, I, I think I'll share with the students uh, from a personal standpoint uh, – my uh, my journey to Utah State, uh, which was in 1967 as a freshman from Bedford-Stuyvesant in Brooklyn, uh, a 17-year-old black kid coming to Cache Valley uh, during the, the civil rights era. Uh, and uh, that journey that led me here and then uh, 46 years later to be back on campus uh, with the uh, position title of uh, assistant vice president uh, after my name. So uh, because of all of those who uh, helped during the civil rights era to make it possible for someone like me to have this type of journey. I'll share that with our students. But let me just follow up. What uh, what brought you from Edward Stuyvesant to, uh, to uh, sleepy Logan, Utah? <laughs> well, well uh, two people. Uh, I had a... I had the uh, the good fortune to have some talent to play basketball, and I was a student athlete. Uh, and I, uh, in high school, I was uh, selected to the All New York City team, and as a result, was recruited by a number of universities, of which Utah State was one. And the wonderful Dale Brown, who was an assistant coach here at Utah State, and Liddell Anderson, the head coach, uh, they uh, recruited me, and my parents loved them, and. I had taken a trip out to USU on one of my recruiting trips and fell in love with, with Cash Valley and the people here. And so uh, I decided, and my parents decided, that I was coming to Utah State. Mm. You would have been a definite minority status in, in Logan. Uh, uh, other than uh, folks on the football team, a couple of my teammates on the basketball team, and a few African students, those were the only folks who looked like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was your experience? It was, it was truly 
uh, a great experience uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, coming from Bedford Stuyvesant, I, I had went to school at a at a school that was very diverse. Uh, uh, even though it was a pre- uh, predominantly black community, but the school that I went to was very diverse. But when I came to Logan, uh, it was sort of like uh, waking up in the morning on the set of uh, Leave It to Beaver, uh, where, mm-hmm. where uh, no one other than those folks that I mentioned looked like me. But I, I think uh, I got an education uh, from a, a social standpoint as well as the folks here in Logan in, in terms of seeing that you know those uh, uh, black students here on on campus at that time were, uh, were were folks who just wanted the exact same things that the white students wanted to uh, to participate in, uh, in in activities here on campus and to contribute to the success of the school. So it, it was a great time for me here here in Logan. We'll follow up with uh, Marvin Roberts. Uh, he's giving a uh, uh, some remarks uh, following a, a viewing of, of the speech. Dr. Martin Luther King, I Have a Dream speech. So that'll be uh, this afternoon, 3 o'clock, at the Taggart Student Center Auditorium on the Utah State University uh, campus. We'll uh, follow up a little bit. on Your title is uh, Assistant Vice President for Student Engagement and Diversity. Uh, of course, I'm sure you hear this. Some people say, why do we need a vice president for, for diversity? Right. We'll talk a bit about that as well. We've now established a phone line with uh, Janetta Williams, who is uh, president of the Salt Lake branch of the NAACP. Welcome back to the program. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. Just want to uh, get your general reaction to, to this this anniversary. Today is the 50th anniversary, and I understand you were back in Washington on Saturday where they where they sort of were beginning the, the celebrations and commemoration. What was the scene there? It, it was uh, very exciting. Everybody was excited uh, to be there. Uh, a lot of marches, a lot of signs, a lot of folks with, you know, different colored T-shirts, of course, the NAACP uh, during the uh, the colors of the gold and yellow, and of course there were other groups as well. A lot of labor folks there, and it was uh, a very interesting um, time to be there, especially on this 50th anniversary as well as uh, listening to all of the speakers that were speaking. What was the, was the mood celebratory? Was was there? Uh, did you have conversations with people about uh, work left undone? I imagine there's 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 all of that. Yes, it, it was a lot of lot of conversation going on. And in fact, I had the uh, opportunity to talk uh, in that to a woman that was from Philadelphia, that was 82 years old, and she wasn't uh, able to attend the anniversary. I mean, the uh, march in '63 because she had a two-month-old baby, and so she was telling me about how she was able to uh, educate her four children, her and her husband, and and then now have grandchildren that have gone on to college and in the field of uh, some doctors, some lawyers, one grandson playing professional basketball, uh, doing all the things because of all the work that the NAACP, of course, had done and the work that the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. had done as well. Hmm. What What are you going to do today? Are you going to be watching on television? What are you going to be doing? Well, I'm going to be watching TV. I have a lot of different interviews lined up for today. I imagine. I yeah. will be with the uh, governor in the celebration uh, later, uh, early this afternoon. And uh, just reflecting on a lot of the things that that we've done, uh, even with the NAACP, because a lot of people, they reflect on, and they start with the 1963 march. But actually, uh, you know, we 
always NAACP, we go back a lot further than that. We look at when we were organized in 1909 and then all of the struggles that led up to the march. So we can't just begin with March. We have to look at the things that led up to the march, uh, all of the different things in past history. Hmm. Some would say this should be just a straight-out celebration. Uh, we have the first African-American uh, president. He's going to be speaking uh, from the from the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. Um, some would say, let, let's move beyond this. It's a post-racial America. There, there's a lot of work to be done. We do have the first African-American uh, president, and we're hoping it's not the last. Uh, there's uh, women in line for the, to be president as well. Uh, so we we still have a lot of work to do uh, mm. when we talk about disparities. There, although we do have the first African American president, no other president have had to endure the things that this president have had to endure, uh, being called a liar on the floor. Uh, millions of people are watching TV. Uh, the uh, stance that they've taken to wanting to now talk about impeachment for no reason whatsoever. Uh, just a lot of different uh, things going on, hostility toward him. And it's not because he's the president. Uh, I and others feel that it's because he is the African-American president and wanting to make progress in this country. And they're wanting to say no to everything that he wants to do. So we're hoping that uh, people can see beyond those type of things and rhetoric and move forward to make this country a great country as, as we all see it to be. You're listening to Access Utah, and uh, later in the program we're going to be talking with the Reverend Franz Davis from Calvary Baptist Church. Uh, we'll be bringing in uh, members of the USU Black Student Union as well. Uh, the president of the union uh, has to finish up one of her classes, and then she'll be she'll be over, so she's uh, doing what she should be doing right now. And uh, we were talking with Janetta Williams, president of the Salt Lake branch of the NAACP, and with Marvin Roberts, USU Assistant Vice President for Student Engagement and Diversity. Uh, you can join the program. We hope you will at 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495, or by email to upraxis at gmail.com. We're asking, what remains to be done? Has the dream articulated by Dr. King been realized? In, in what way, if, if yes, in what way, if no? What does this anniversary mean to you? By the way, Utah Public Radio will be bringing you NPR coverage from Washington throughout the day. Following this program, we'll go to the program Here and Now from NPR, and then special coverage. We'll hear speeches from President Obama, former Presidents Carter uh, and Clinton, and uh, from uh, civil rights uh, pioneer and current congressman John Lewis. All of that will be coming up throughout the day. Let me turn back to uh, Marvin Roberts. Um, as I was suggesting that some people think we're in a post-racial America, I saw you shaking your head. You obviously disagree. What, uh, what remains to be done? Well, Tom, when you look at the recent Supreme Court decision regarding the Voting Rights Act uh, and how those who died for... Uh, us to have the opportunity and rights to vote. Uh, when you look at uh, states who are now uh, acting upon the recent Supreme Court decision to make it tougher for uh, folks to uh, register to vote, uh, that's a challenge. That That's a problem. When you look at uh, a recent uh, University of Texas uh, uh, affirmative action uh, decision that came down as it pertains to education, uh, 
that's another challenge. When you look at the uh, the stand uh, your ground laws in various states, uh, that was uh, brought to the fore by uh, the George Zimmerman uh, case. Uh, when you have a, a young man who uh, is black who goes to the store during halftime of an NBA game to get Skittles uh, and an iced tea and never returns uh, because he uh, uh, has been profiled. Uh, when you look at black families who have young black male teenagers who have to have the talk with their black male teenagers regarding how to act uh, when authority is there, uh, uh, where possibly you can lose your life, that those conversations don't take place with other ethnic groups. All of these things contribute to uh, the uh, the long way that we have to go. Mm-hmm. And these, I imagine you would tell me, these conversations still need to take place in many areas of the world where, where parents need to tell their children, this is how you need to act to stay safe. No, no, no doubt about it. Um, and, and, you know, there will be in our society, unfortunately, when you have laws on the books, when you have uh, those who uh, have perceptions uh, and uh, uh, stereotypes of uh, a group of people, uh, unfortunately, things like this, conversations like this have to be discussed. And one of the things that I think the Zimmerman trial has has done has uh, began and going back to the uh, Trayvon Martin murder, uh, it's begun a conversation, uh, a conversation that's constantly needed in our society about race. Uh, it seems too often uh, that many of us are afraid to discuss race. And I think that the only way that we're going to know more about each other is to discuss it uh, and to interact about it because it, it, it's still regardless of the fact that we have a uh, a president who happens to be black, this is not a post-racial society. Mm. Janetta Williams, I wonder to get your reaction to several of these these items that, uh, that Marvin Roberts uh, brought up, starting with Stand Your Ground. I, I know that the national NAACP is, I think they passed a resolution on this. Uh, that would like to see some action on that. Well, yes, yes, it is. And I am on that resolutions committee on the national level as well. Uh, and I previously served on the National Board of Directors. So we do have several items that we are talking about uh, and that we're looking at uh, meeting with our Congress folks from across the country. And we have what's called a Trayvon Law. And in essence, uh, kind of a bill summary, uh, it's that uh, in light of the tragic death of, of, his, of Trayvon Martin uh, and the uh, national awareness of the Stand Your Ground laws, and they do have them here in Utah as well. And so we're looking at trying to repeal those laws. And our Trayvon, uh, Trayvon law, um, the response to that uh, is the likelihood that something like this will happen again. But we're hoping that it don't. So in order to do that, we need to be more creative and look at the stand your ground laws, creating uh, law enforcement accountability uh, through effective uh, police oversight, 
uh, improving uh, the training and best practices for community watch groups and mandating law enforcement data collection on homicide cases involving people of color. So we have a lot of work to do, and we'll continue to do that. We are working as well on uh, the um, Voting Rights Act. Uh, we uh, did go on the Hill uh, some years ago, and it was voted upon uh, unanimously by the Senate when we when we did that, and then now you know with the Supreme Court decision you know, just recently, so we we we're looking at trying to make contact again with all of our uh, Congress folks to ask them to support and make uh, put some strength into the Voting Rights Act and that Section Four provision, and so those are just you know some of the things that we're doing and. Uh, gun control, of course, is one of them because when we look at look at um, different people, for instance, uh, with the handguns that were killed in uh, just last year, I, I was looking and I was just sh- so shocked at some of the numbers that I found when it said that 48 people in Japan were killed last year uh, versus eight in Great Britain. And then 21 in Sweden, but then when you look at the United States, it was over 10,000. In fact, it was almost um, 10,728 killed in the United States with handguns just last year. That's a huge uh, that, that, that is, and, and disproportionate numbers of minorities, I, I think, as well. Yes, it, it yeah. is, very much so. Uh, so so we're, looking, we're looking at a lot, lot of different things. Of course, what I mentioned about NAACP starting up in 1909, and then before, way before the march, of course, we had the Brown v. Board of Education, uh, Thurgood Marshall, and we still have attorneys on a national level that we work with uh, doing a lot of um, these different things that I'm talking about, the Voting Rights Act, the Trayvon Law. Uh, Then we're talking about the um, uh, school-to-prison pipeline. Uh, That's a huge issue for the NAACP as well at at this time, ending uh, zero-tolerance policies. And uh, there's a number of things that we're looking at uh, in the different schools. Uh, Steve in Beaver Dam, Arizona, uh, emailed this this link to a New York Times article. This goes to what you've been uh, talking about, Janetta Williams. Uh, And, in fact, the the march was uh, March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom. Uh, the headline here in the New York Times article that Steve uh, emailed to us: "Wealth gap among races has widened since recession." Yes. So there's a there's an economic component to this. That, that and, and that is that is true because we do see uh, that that has happened, and it's not because of uh, African Americans or people of color not having the education, but a lot of times it's depending on the rules changing, who's making the rules, who's doing the hiring. And uh, we do. We have seen a large gap in the um, uh, in folks, people with with colors, and and we talk about pay and pay uh, wages, and that's even here in the state of Utah. So um, we we see people of color that have applied for jobs. Rules change. Uh, for instance, if there's a time when a person, uh, you know, when the rules say you need to have a master's degree, African American have a master's degree, but then they change the rules say oh, you don't need to have a master's anymore. So then they're opening doors for more whites to be able to apply for those type of jobs with greater wages. And so we see that happening all the time. And like I said, it even happens here in the state of Utah. Barbara Roberts, I know you want to jump in here. This is You're heavily engaged in this. Yeah, I, I think there's another factor involved as well. And, and that has to do with 
the criminal justice system, whereby there are laws on the books as it pertains to certain drug laws, for example, uh, uh, harsher uh, penalties for crack cocaine or 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 being stopped and frisked uh, by uh, those uh, uh, kids of color in New York City, which in turn gives them a uh, a record, uh, if you will. Uh, and then when uh, those kids apply for a job, uh, many times uh, on the application or uh, somewhere uh, in the interview process, or not the interview process, but on the application, it may ask, have you ever been uh, convicted of a felony or misdemeanor, what have you? Uh, that uh, hinders the opportunity for a lot of young black males to be employed. As a result, that uh, that stymies the possibility of having uh, financial wealth along the way because they cannot get great jobs. So th- there's a lot of factors involved when it comes to the wealth gap. When you see uh, many of uh, our young black males being incarcerated, uh, which uh, uh, lessens the pool of potential uh, husbands for for young black women uh, and who now have uh, become uh, single mothers. Uh, all of those factors, I think, contribute to the uh, the big gap in financial wealth among blacks. Mm. Now, uh, some would say, and you hear this articulated all the time, that uh, if you know, if we just work on the economy, it will you know, the, the rising tide will lift all boats. <laughs> well. Yes, it, it, it's interesting. Uh, I, I learned a long time ago. My mother taught me. Uh, she said to me, never forget who's painting the picture because the picture will be seen as they want you to see it. And some of those who uh, say that if the economy is fixed, uh, uh, everyone will prosper. It's sort of like that trickle-down theory back during the 80s. But uh, statistics have shown that uh, amongst blacks, we still uh, don't have that tie to rise as high as uh, those uh, in the white community. Yeah. Uh, so, a- again, when the economy uh, uh, improves, yes, there will be X amount of folks who will uh, see and benefit from that improvement. But uh, there will also be groups of folks who will continue to uh, to struggle. Mm. We're talking with Janetta Williams, who's president of the Salt Lake branch of the NAACP, and with Marvin Roberts, USU Assistant Vice President for Student Engagement and Diversity. A little later in the program, about 20 minutes away, we'll uh, bring in the Reverend France Davis from Calvary Baptist Church in Salt Lake City, and shortly we'll be joined by uh, members of the USU Black Student Union. We're reflecting today, as uh, many in the country are on a reflective, commemorative celebratory uh, mood. Uh, It's the uh, 50th anniversary, 
50 years today uh, when uh, the march on Washington for uh, jobs and freedom happened. Uh, over a quarter of a million people uh, on the mall uh, heard uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. standing on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial deliver his now iconic I Have a Dream speech. By the way, uh, all over the country, several uh, celebrations in Utah, including, I believe, down at the state capitol. And there's a celebration at Utah State University Commemoration Service. Uh, that's in the T- Taggart Student Center Auditorium, 3 o'clock this afternoon. I believe everyone is welcome. Uh, Marvin Roberts, uh, presented by the Utah State University Access and Diversity Center. And uh, they'll be showing the I Have a Dream speech and then some remarks by Robin Mar- Marvin Roberts afterward. Janetta Williams, I think you said you're involved in, in several things as well. Uh, yes, sir, I am, right. But I wanted to comment again back on uh, what you were asking earlier about and what the d- discussion was about the uh, the large number of African Americans that are incarcerated, you know, versus uh, going to um, get an education. But what the NAACP, what we've done uh, across the country, and we're continuing to do it, is uh, something that's called ban the box, B-A-N, the box law, which prohibits uh, employment application uh, criminal history checkbox, uh, restricting uh, the criminal record inquiries until after interviews are conditioned job offers. So we're, we are working on that so that uh, if they have a small misdemeanor, that, that cannot, they don't have to check the box uh, thing uh, that they've been uh, convicted or it could have been an uh, uh, incident where charges were dropped or things like that. So we, we've uh, been successful in California and we've been successful in a number of other states. So that's kind of an ongoing uh, effort through the NAACP. So, so we're, we're doing that. So what hmm. what we're seeing as far as disparities in wages is that the folks that are qualified aren't getting, uh, the doors are being closed. They're not being able to even get some of the interviews in. So they're not being able to get the job, but they're well qualified. And so we, we see that often. Um, and so this would uh, this would prevent, uh, I guess, it would, one element of, of prejudice uh, uh, going into an, an interview. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So we we see that, see that a lot. I wonder. You talked a bit about the Voting Rights Act. Uh, uh, this this ruling from the Supreme Court must have come as uh, must have an emotional impact. I think because the Voting Rights Act was so iconic and and so uh, I guess you know many people would argue so effective. And now the Supreme Court is saying, in, in essence, uh, provisions of it no longer needed. Yes, that, that is correct, because in 2006, uh, you know, when Congress voted uh, unanimous to support that, um, the Voting Rights Act, uh, and then when we had the Supreme Court come and say Section 4 was going to be um, kind of dismantled, uh, it let the NAACP to go and look at uh, different ways that we can act and we can try to make contact with our U.S. House of Representatives and our senators to um, to say, uh, you know, we need your your help uh, as a constituent um, because we were caught, not really caught off guard, but we were um, surprised in, in the Supreme Court decision uh, on that Shelby County, uh, Alabama versus Holder, um, which kind of eliminated a lot of the key components of the uh, 1965 Voting Rights Act. And so we're we're still having to fight a lot of battles that we've won, and we're having to fight them uh, all over again. So this was one that is one that, you know, we 
we still have um, we're still encouraged uh, that I I should say that uh, we will be successful in getting some uh, teeth into that section four. We're going to take a brief break. Uh, when we come back, we'll. Uh of course, uh, still be talking with Jeanette Williams from the Salt Lake branch of the NAACP, Marvin Roberts, who is USU Assistant Vice President for Student Engagement and Diversity. And we'll be bringing in a couple of members of the USU Black Student Union. It'll be interesting to get perspective uh, from, from some young people. And we'll be doing that following the break later in the program, conversation with uh, Reverend France Davis from Calvary Baptist Church in Salt Lake City. You're welcome to join the conversation. Uh, the email is upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. And you can call us at 1-800-826-1495. By the way, we will continue uh, our participation in commemoration of the 50th anniversary of the March on Washington. After this program, we'll go directly to NPR coverage from Washington. And we'll be uh, bringing you speeches from President Obama, former Presidents uh, Clinton and Carter, from uh, Congressman John Lewis and others. Uh, So stay with us throughout the day for commemoration 50th anniversary of March on Washington. More on Access Utah following the break. Hi, this is Brian Earle with the Zesty Garden. On this Thursday's show, I have a conversation with USU Extension Soil Specialist Grant Carden. He says that one of the most important things we can do to improve our soils is to plant a cover crop, also known as green manure. It's so easy to do, but now is the time to plant. We'll tell you what, when, where, how, and why cover crops are so beneficial. You'll also hear Nancy Williams for Petals and Pros and Jerry Goodspeed with Wait, Wait, Don't Plant That. It's the Zesty Garden this Thursday morning at 10, only on Utah Public Radio. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and the Cache Valley Center for the Arts, presenting the Aspen Santa Fe Ballet, Wednesday, September 7th at 7.30 p.m. in the Ellen Eccles Theater. Performing a trio of contemporary works, Square None, Return to a Strange Land, and Overglow. Information at cacharts.org or 435-752-0026. And Crumb Brothers Artisan Bread. At 300 South and 300 West in Logan, now open Monday through Saturday until 2 with a changing menu of a specialty salad, French breakfast pastries with local seasonal fruits, and lunch sandwiches. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. We are uh, commemorating the uh, March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom. It happened 50 years ago today. And, of course, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. uh, gave his famous I Have a Dream speech and uh, many other uh, activities. We'll have activities, of course, throughout the day in Washington, D.C., throughout Utah. Uh, There's an uh, event happening on the Utah State University campus, commemoration service. They'll show the I Have a Dream speech. It's happening at the Taggart Student Center Auditorium, 3 o'clock this afternoon, and then Marvin Roberts will give some remarks. And uh, we are joined by Marvin Roberts. We also are joined by Janetta Williams, president of the Salt Lake branch of the NAACP. And uh, just coming up to about five minutes, we'll be joined by Reverend France Davis from Calvary Baptist Church in Salt Lake City, who uh, marched with uh, Dr. King and part of his interesting history. Uh, so we bring in now um, Janae Roberts, Vice President of the Black Student Union. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. And uh, we have with us uh, Shalena Wiesau, who is President of the Black Student Union. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. And uh, let me... Uh, let me get reaction, first of all, from uh, from Shalena Wiesau. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, you were born 
years after the March on Washington. <laughs> yes. Um, what are your feelings? So we have the 50th anniversary, celebrations, commemorations. I'm sure you're, you've probably viewed the uh, Martin Luther King Jr. speech and, uh, and, oh, yes. uh, and, and know the history. What, what, what are your feelings today? I think proud mm-hmm. and accomplished and honored. Mm-hmm. Um, we've come such a long way, and I feel like even though there's still more work to do, there's there's work that was done that we're just so proud of and so thankful of. I think from the march to Barack Obama, you just see this great effort towards being great. Mm-hmm. Just we're proud. And uh, we've been talking earlier in the program about uh, the pride, the celebrations, but also work left to be done. Do you mm-hmm. – do you do you encounter difficulties? Do you do you have friends who encounter difficulties, uh, obstacles still to be removed? Yes, um, I live by the saying "fight ignorance with knowledge," and I feel like there's still work to be done. I feel like we need to get out of a shell sometimes because there's still racism, mm. there's still um, the stairs, mm. there's still especially coming from New York City and coming to Utah. Um, there's, it's, people say it's diverse, but it's not. Mm. And I feel like a few international students here and a few African-Americans here, um, yes, there has been a change, but I think let's get more. Mm-hmm. Yes, we need more. You mentioned the stare. Mm-hmm. And this is something I think that uh, people who are not uh, black or minority would mm-hmm. would not be familiar with. Yes. Um it's, I think there's a, just a little fascination um, about skin color. And I think it's different when you see um, African-Americans on TV and then you see them in person. And I think there's a fascination of how we carry ourselves and what we're going to do. Are we going to act crazy or are we going to act professional? Right. And I just feel like, um, no, we have that standard of professionalism. We have that standard of pride. And I think... Let's not go by what we see in society and in and on TV and in the media. Let's start asking questions. Mm-hmm. Let's start saying, okay, yeah, I am a doctor or I am a musician. You know, I'm I I can do more than play sports. I can't I can't be educated, mm-hmm. and I think that's very important for people to start understanding. So you think there's still some stereotypes out there? Oh, of course, mm-hmm. of course, on both parts, mm-hmm. on both parts, yes. Yeah, you mean from uh, from blacks to to whites? As oh well? yeah, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is. What, what are some of those stereotypes? As far as blacks on uh, yeah on other things, um, uh, the list. Go, I mean, the list can go on. It just depends. I feel like it depends on the situation. Mm-hmm. I can't give a specific one, but um, I think it's just all around. It's mm-hmm. international from all different types of nationalities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Let me turn over to. Um, Janae Roberts, mm-hmm. Vice President of Black Student Union. What are your feelings today? Of course, you know, as I mentioned, you would have been born many years after the uh, the March on Washington, but mm-hmm. uh, you're joining in the celebration, of course, and uh, we'd be familiar with some of the history. What are your feelings? Um, my feelings are actually a little different. Uh, still proud and everything, but I wasn't born in the United States. Hmm. So where, are you, where were you born? Uh, in the Caribbean, Trinidad. Okay. So coming here to learn about it, because I was... I wasn't really familiar with it until I moved here. Um, I still feel that the work that was done was just amazing work. And my feeling continues, you know, of of what Shalina was saying is just I'm just completely proud. And no, I'm not proud to be an American because I'm not an American, but I'm proud to be sharing land with such wonderful people in a way that I can be at Utah State 
studying with whites and blacks and Asians in the same room Mm. because that wouldn't have been the case. You know, so again, just completely proud and thankful and just amazed. And like Shalana said, there is more work to be done, a lot more work to be done. (laughs) But, you know, we're in the right direction. So um, growing up in Trinidad, Mm -hmm. you you would have known some of the history of the civil rights movement in the U.S. Yes, we would have known, but it wasn't really something that we focused on because Mm -hmm. we also in Trinidad had our own, you know, kind of like history. But we didn't know about the war, um, like the slavery and all things like that. And even though a lot of the people who moved to Trinidad were slaves, and that's how we kind of got started as well. Um, So we did know about it. And again like to come here to move to the United States and be able to go to school with white children and Asian children and Spanish children or Latinos it was you know it was a really great experience because we knew in the textbooks and what you saw and what you read that wasn't the case Mm -hmm. just it's just an honor and a privilege to be able to just have that you know Uh, Janetta Williams, let me bring you back in here. What, uh, listening to these students, what uh, what are your thoughts? You you have a longer perspective than they do. But, uh, yes, yes, I I, I do. Uh, listening to them is uh, gives us hope that you know the the ones that are coming up, they can kind of pick up the mantle and continue the work of the NAACP and other groups as well. And of course, I always focus on NAACP because that is you know my interest. That's where. I, where I um, come from and the, the work that I do, and uh, it's good to hear uh, the young lady uh, saying that she was, you know, born in Trinidad and that she is proud of all the work that she has seen that's been done. And yes, there is still work to be done that they both recognize. And so it's it's really good to to hear the young folks uh, come up and and talk and be able to be on the station today and to acknowledge the work that has been done and yet acknowledge that there's work to be done and we hope that they will continue uh, in those footsteps there at the college even after they complete uh, and get their degrees that they will uh, reach out and help someone else as well. Let's bring in the Reverend France Davis from Calvary Baptist Church in uh, Salt Lake City. Uh, Reverend Davis uh, also uh, teaches at the University of Utah, and I, I think I've, I've seen a biography of, of you up on University Utah Valley University, Reverend Davis, so you, do, you you're, keep yourself busy. Uh, Reverend Davis, do we have you? We'll see if we can uh, dial him in. Uh, we think we have him. Uh, Reverend Davis, are you there? Well, we'll try to, uh, we'll try to get him uh, on the line to, to get his uh, feelings and, and reactions. Um, and uh, hopefully we have uh, Marvin Roberts' microphone. We, ha- we all had to do a kind of a musical chairs. Do you, can we hear you here? Can you hear me, Tom? Yes. Yes, I can. Great. Um, so uh, you talked earlier. I want to, want to follow up on this. You said we could benefit from a conversation about race. And it's sometimes that you didn't use this word, but I thought of it as you were saying that. It's kind of an elephant in the room sometimes. Mm-hmm. And we tiptoe around it. What, what, what would that uh, conversation look like or sound like? Well, Tom, an open and honest conversation. Let me, let me have you come over and use this microphone. I'm, I'm talking about an open and honest conversation. Um, I, I find throughout the years uh, too many times we'll speak about everything from cancer to at times religion to politics. But then when it comes to race, uh, that's okay. We want to take a pass on discussing that. And, and I think 
Well, first off, I, I, I just want to say how proud I am of, uh, of the uh, president and vice president of the Black Student Union here at Utah State. Thank you so um, much. I'm, I'm very proud that, that we are being well represented by, by these two young women. But I, I, I think you had mentioned or it was mentioned earlier that ignorance is bliss. What we don't know, we fear. When we have conversations, when we interact, when we find out that uh, we are more alike than not alike, we want the same things for our children, we want the same things for each other, uh, then those uh, barriers are broken down, the fear is diminished, uh, and you'll find that we're more alike than not. So. Conversation is always good. Communication is always good. And that's one of the things that uh, I'm looking forward to here at Utah State and having uh, ongoing conversations uh, amongst all of the different cultures here on campus and the different groups here on campus. I believe we do have the Reverend uh, France Davis on the line now. Reverend Davis, are you there? Yes. Oh, and I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Sure, my pleasure. Uh, this must be, um, uh, you must have a lot of emotion today. I wonder what, what you're feeling. Well, uh, I'm excited that we've been able to uh, reach the 50th year since the uh, March on Washington. Now I have a dream speech, and uh, I'm delighted with uh, progress that we've made and hopeful about progress that we will still make. Hmm. You, you marched with Dr. King. I did. Where, where was that? Uh, I was in Washington when he delivered the I Have a Dream speech, and I was in uh, the Selma to Montgomery march for voting rights, mm. which I'm distressed that uh, the Supreme Court's getting. Yeah, this this must hit you pretty hard. This, this was such an iconic law, and the Supreme Court is essentially saying parts of this are no longer needed. Absolutely. I think it's still needed. We got voter suppression and other issues that keep coming up. Mm. Uh, so what are your memories of that day in Washington? Well, it was a hot, uh, sweltering heat day. Uh, there were lots of uh, speeches given by politicians and union leaders and other civil rights uh, personalities. Uh, the stage was packed with celebrities and uh, people from all over the place. Uh, a diverse group was gathered there, and I was one of those in the crowd. Where, where were you? You were far back? or where? Oh, where yes, you? I was far back. I, <laughs> I couldn't recognize anybody by my eyesight from yeah. the stage. Uh, There's a quarter of a million people, over a quarter of a million there. So you, were, you were part of that. Right, um, largest group ever in the history of our country until that date. And were you able to hear all right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It was mic'd uh, sufficiently. And so various speeches. Of course, the big one was uh, the Reverend uh, Martin Luther King. And I distinguished them as uh, speeches that were uh, about issues and boring, but uh, the King speech was moving, uh, exhilarating, uh, charismatic, and exciting. Mm -hmm. And it uh, gave us marching orders for uh, going forward. So that that was the effect on you, marching orders going forward, a, a direction. Absolutely. Yeah. What uh, what did you feel your direction should be for, for moving forward from that speech? Well, at the time, uh, my direction was simply to be a part of the uh, change that was uh, very badly needed. I grew up in Georgia during the separate but equal days, and uh, so we still needed to affect uh, those changes. Although the laws uh, from the Brown versus Board of Education decision were uh, clear, but uh, the 
uh, work still needs to be done. Hmm. Um, it, it, I just got a link here from uh, Steve in Beaverdam, Arizona. He's he's linking me over to a Wikipedia entry called "The New Jim Crow." Right, uh, and we've been talking. I'm familiar with it. We've been talking a little bit about some of these things. Um, it, it, a book that deals primarily with the issue of uh, current mass levels of incarceration in the United States. We talked a little bit about that. I wonder what your perspective on that is. Well, I I agree. I think we have far too many people in our country that are incarcerated for nonviolent crimes, and I think we've got to find a way to uh, do treatment and uh, find ways to better educate and do less incarceration and punishment. Uh, so would, would you say there has been progress made? Uh, what, where do you think progress has been made? Well, I think we've made progress in terms of laws on the books. I think we've got uh, a great number of those and a majority of what we need. I think we've made progress in terms of people being elected to political office. I think we've made some progress in terms of economic uh, uh, equality. We are closer to being able to not only check in, but also check out of hotels. Uh, where we still need work done, though, is uh, we still need to uh, make sure that uh, the vigilance is the order of the land, that uh, people will continue to pursue uh, political office and get themselves elected so we can have a voice uh, in the decision-making. And we also need to do a lot in terms of uh, equity with health care and other issues like that. We're talking with the Reverend Franz Davis from Calvary Baptist Church. We're also talking with Jeanette Williams, President of Salt Lake Branch of NAACP, Marvin Roberts, USU Assistant Vice President for Student Engagement and Diversity, and uh, President and Vice President of the USU Black Student Union, uh, Shalena Wiesau and uh, Janae Roberts. You're welcome to join the conversation. We have a lo- about three or four minutes left, 1-800-826-1495 or upraxis at gmail.com. Reverend Davis says you, uh, as you look to the speeches and the commemorations, uh, specifically President Obama, what, what do you hope he says today? Well, I hope he says that uh, not only is his uh, election a fulfillment of part of the Martin Luther King dream, but that he's also going to uh, continue to pursue the other parts, that he's going to be active not only in pursuing the best welfare of the country in general, but of those who are the voiceless. Janetta Williams, uh, briefly, what what are you looking for today in, in the speeches and the commemorations? Well, I agree with everything that Pastor Davis said, and I'm hoping that uh, President Obama will talk about uh, the future and the economy and the high rate of incarceration, you know, that we have, and eliminating uh, the the um, the large number of of kind of a prison to to um, school to prison pipeline uh, to talk about more ways for education more ways for scholarships and to um, eliminate uh, the processes that's being going on now between the disparities in the crack cocaine versus the uh, powder cocaine. So there's a lot of things that, that hopefully he'll address, especially the Voting Rights Act as well. So we're, we're looking to hear a very positive speech about the things forthcoming uh, that we hope that we'll see him uh, do and sign into law. Marvin Roberts, as we wind down the program here, what uh, what, what do you hope to hear? What uh, final thoughts? I hope that the president injects an even more personal uh, uh, 
point of view to his speech. I, I hope that uh, with him being biracial, with uh, the Trayvon Martin uh, matter, him mentioning from a personal standpoint as a uh, man who's perceived to be a black male in this society, uh, to let the nation and the world know that despite the fact that he is the president of the United States, uh, he still has throughout his career and throughout his life uh, suffered some of the indignities of racism and prejudice and profiling. So I, I, I hope he uh, interjects a, a personal note to this speech as well. And a final word from um, Janae Roberts. I wonder specifically what are, you know, when people, fellow students ask you about this, I'm, I bet they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you telling them? Uh, what this means, what, what you hope they get out of this commemoration? Um, I think what I hope they get out of it is that they start asking questions and uh, just to, you know, do research. Sometimes it's best to, if you need an answer, go look for it mm-hmm. or ask instead of being afraid to ask because when you're afraid to ask then you act improperly and then you don't know how to act when you're around somebody that's available there to answer your question. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're, all, we're always available to answer questions. You, people may think that we'll act a certain way, but we'll, we want to answer. Mm-hmm. We want to educate people because a small state, like not a small state, but a small community as Logan, sometimes they're not as educated about, you know, black culture, black history as, you know, other parts are. And we're available to answer questions. All you have to do is just reach out and find mm-hmm. the answer. The same question to you, uh, Shalina Wiesau. You, this conversation you talked about, we need to talk about race. What? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you encourage that? I encourage it by um, knowing our worth. I think that it's. I think it's just a vicious cycle that we just have to start breaking because I think it starts from the young brown children who, as we raise them up and as we get older and raise our own children, to say that you are worth it. You are worth to go out there and make a difference. You are worth, um, don't let anyone tell you that you're not. And I feel like don't be brainwashed by society and say you can make a difference. I think it starts off when you're young. And then we'll have those builders, we'll have those leaders that will say, okay, we're here to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that Martin used to say is that if you know who you are yourself, then you can celebrate who other people are. Exactly. Mm. Right. That's a, that's a good place to attend the program. Thank you, Reverend Davis. Uh, Reverend Franz Davis from Calvary Baptist Church in Salt Lake City has been one of our guests. Thank you so much for taking the time. My pleasure. Jeanette Williams, president of Salt Lake Branch of the NAACP, thank you so much. Well, thank you. And uh, we've been joined by Ro- Marvin Roberts, a USU Assistant Vice President for Student Engagement and Diversity. Thanks. It's my pleasure. Um, also, uh, Janae Roberts, uh, Vice President of the USU Black Student Union. Thank you. You're very welcome. And uh, Shalene Wissau, President of the Union. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, there will be celebrations, of course, in Washington, all over the country. There's a, a commemoration service at Utah State University. That's in the Taggart Student Center Auditorium, 3 o'clock this afternoon, presented by USU's Access and Diversity Center. They'll be showing the I Have a Dream speech, and then uh, Marvin Roberts will uh, follow up with some remarks. Of course, uh, celebrations all over the country. Join us on Utah Public Radio. Um, We have um, uh, top of the hour. We'll be going to NPR and staying with the NPR for most of the rest of the day uh, with speeches from President Obama and from Congressman um, Lewis and from uh, former Presidents Carter and uh, Clinton and much more. Stay with us on UPR. And in the meantime, for producer Bennett Purser, I'm Tom Williams. Thanks for listening to Access Utah Today.
The Be Well Moment is made possible by the USU Department of Human Resources Wellness Program at usu.edu hr. We've all heard the old saying, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. But how many of us actually routinely receive preventive services? Preventive services can include regular physical exams conducted by your primary care physician, blood tests, certain measurements like weight and blood pressure, immunizations, and screening tests to look for signs of cancer or heart disease. All of these services can help your doctor identify common yet potentially serious health concerns early, and early detection means early and hopefully more successful treatment. So how do you know which prevention services you need? The best thing to do is check with your general doctor. He or she should be able to tell you which tests you need and how often you need them, based on your gender, age, and family history. Keeping up with routine health screenings is key to preventing disease and staying healthy. This is Dana Barrett for the Be Well program at Utah State University. Be well, Utah. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and Crime Brothers Artisan Bread at 300 South and 300 West in Logan, now open Monday through Saturday until 2, with a changing menu of a specialty salad, French breakfast pastries with local seasonal fruits, and lunch sandwiches. And the Utah Shakespeare Festival, presenting Cole Porter's Anything Goes with seven other productions through October 2013 in Cedar City, www.bard.org. Before summer ends, clear out your garage and donate the vehicle you no longer need to Utah Public Radio. Just call 877-877-7501 or donate securely online at upr.org and we'll take care of everything. From picking up your vehicle to sending you all of the needed paperwork, just call 877-877-7501 or donate securely online at upr.org. Access Utah is a production of Utah Public Radio. You can listen to this episode or previous episodes of Access Utah anytime at upr.org, where you can find a link to subscribe to our podcast. This is Utah Public Radio, KUSR HD1 89.5 Logan, KUSK HD1 88.5 Vernal, KUSL HD1 89.3 Richfield, KUST HD1 88.7 Moab, and KUSU FM HD1 91.5 Logan.